Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. In this week's episode, we're given a Jesus story about healing and how mercy, tattoos, and Mary Poppins teach us to never judge by appearances. Did you know that the city of Jericho, the placement of this week's lesson in Mark 10, 46 through 52, was an oasis? This little bit of context is helpful when I take a look at this story because it provides me some additional background and some more fleshing out of things when I hear about the story of Bartimaeus. He is a blind beggar and he sits by the roadside and he shouts to Jesus, have mercy on me. Blindness in Bartimaeus's day was understood as a consequence of sin. Either the person who was sick or ill or someone in their family. This understanding of blindness would put Bartimaeus, or as I like to call him, Bart, in a situation of isolation, of disconnect from his community. So his only means of income was to beg for it and to wait on the mercy of others. Thankfully, today we have a different perspective on the cause of things like blindness or illness, but healing remains a challenge The obstacles to healing can be lack of money to seek the right cure, genetic predisposition. Some may still have a perspective that this illness is the cause of a sin or a lack of faith as a reason for this illness to exist. This perspective, though, is one of judgment and not one of mercy. While we remain frustrated with the need for so much healing, Disease is not caused or a consequence of sin, but healing can still be complicated. Today's story with Bartimaeus holds an opportunity to learn how mercy is a key to healing. So let's go back to Jericho and to Bartimaeus or Bart and learn a little bit more about his history and the context of his story. 
You might not have known that the city of Jericho was an oasis. This fact alone is a surprise to me. Whenever I think about the Middle East, I think of one of a harsh, dry heat. But after doing some research, I learned that Bart lived in a rich oasis with food and water and resources to take care of his needs. But the story says he was indeed blind. And it makes me wonder about this environment that looked like a place of healing. Bart lives and begs in an oasis, a place of resources, and he's still blind and there is still struggle. There is no way to know if his blindness was caused by his environment, but it makes me wonder what this oasis was missing for Bartimaeus to be healed. How frustrating this would feel. What do you think it would be like to live in a community, an oasis, rich with resources, and because of this blindness that wasn't healed, to be excluded, to be cut off, to not be able to engage in this space and this community of lush oasis? The story is not particularly clear on whether he was born blind or he became blind. Either way, the blindness was keeping him excluded and literally in the dark. Because of this physical ailment, he would have been dishonored. His family would have been dishonored. He was disconnected from his community. Bart was caught in a cycle of darkness and blindness and isolation that he could not easily escape. But when Bart heard about Jesus, he didn't hesitate to call out to him. Bartimaeus withstands the criticism of the crowds. And finally, in the middle of an oasis that feels like the driest desert, is finally seen and heard by Jesus. Bart seeks mercy from Jesus. Bart needed healing that no place or person had yet provided. In the case of Bartimaeus and his need for healing, that oasis full of resources did not heal him. What healed him? Who healed him? The eye of mercy by way of Jesus. Which brings me to a holy shenanigans story about mercy, tattoos, and Mary Poppins. In listening to this podcast, you probably have no idea that I love the art of tattoos. This fact may come as a surprise to some, being that I'm a pastor and all, and I like tattoos. Not only do I like them, I have an extensive personal collection of them. When people first meet me and they take in the art gallery that is my tattoo collection, they assume that this happened in my pre-pastoral life, but this is not true. The truth is, The beginning of my love affair with tattoos started in my early years of working in youth ministry. When I paired my desire to get a cross tattoo with a contest for my church to gather 100 people for worship. At that time, it seemed like a wonderful way to do some outreach. And outreach it did. The people showed up and they met the challenge of 100 people in worship. And I happily headed to the tattoo shop for tattoo number one. Many years and tattoos later, the social atmosphere around tattooing, especially in the church, has changed. 
What used to be a totally taboo practice has become way more commonplace. However, in my experience, the external judgment of people with tattoos is something of a reality that I do know. So much so that I have the phrase from Mary Poppins tattooed on my left arm around her portrait. It says, never judge by appearances, even carpetbags. Here's where you can imagine that scene from Mary Poppins unpacking her bag to stay as a nanny and pulling out coat racks and talking parrots and all of her things from a very small, unassuming carpet bag. I believe the world would be a better place if people took St. Poppins' advice to never judge by appearances. But judge by appearance? People do. So in addition to St. Poppins and her kibosh on judgment by appearance, I looked for another image to represent mercy and compassion to add to my collection. And what image came to mind, you ask? Well, the eye of compassion, the eye of Jesus. While I love tattoos, I'm aware that there are people that really don't love them. And that question of judgment, that question of how people might see them, especially in my vocation as a pastor, and at one point had decided to not go below the elbow of my arm in my collection of tattoos. At this point, I already had about seven tattoos, and I could see them. The world could see them. And I realized this boundary of don't tattoo below your elbow was really silly. This elbow boundary wasn't about tattoos. It was about fear. Fear of rejection and judgment. Yes, it was about all this and more. But then I thought about the mercy of Jesus of his ability to see the needs of the people all around him, to extend mercy wherever it was needed. And I knew that I needed a reminder of mercy, the eye of compassion below my elbow and on my left forearm for all the world to see. So six years ago, my tattoo artist friend, Callie, designed a symbol for compassion and mercy on my left forearm represented in the eye of Jesus. An eye for compassion, flames for courage, and flowers for healing. Perfectly visible as I pass out the sacrament and say the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Imagine that compassion out in the open for me, for you, for all people. Why in the world would I want that to be something that I'd hide up my sleeve? Six years later, there are more symbols of compassion and mercy collecting on my literal left arm sleeve. Are tattoos for everyone? Absolutely not. But they are for me. They express in part my journey of my life as a woman in ministry who loves her family and friends, who is artsy, who tells lots and lots and lots of stories, and tries her best to not judge the carpetbags of others. P.S. Thanks, Callie, for your gift of art on my left sleeve. It is a work in progress. 
But isn't that true of all works of art? Especially ones of mercy. By now, I bet you have lots of questions. So let's go back to Bart and his experience of healing. Remember how he was judged because of his blindness, as well as for his courage to ask Jesus to help him? Judgment did its best to keep Bartimaeus isolated from the community. But Jesus did not let that stand. Jesus acted in mercy to reconnect Bart in his healing. In Bart's day, as well as in our present day, people come up with a million reasons why healing isn't taking place. In the words of Brene Brown, humans are meaning-making species. Sometimes the meaning we derive from what we see is true. But many, many times, what we see as humans doesn't really add up clearly. What we think we see in the carpet bag of another person is probably quite different in what it actually contains. As I imagine Bart in that oasis, waiting upon the mercy of another person, he must have worked and reworked the meaning of his situation a million times. And when he bravely speaks out to Jesus for help, he says, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus sees him, Jesus heals him, Jesus reconnects him with community. The meaning we glean from what we see can be totally flawed. Our eyes can cause us to write a narrative about each other before we are introduced or attempt to even say hello. So for this week's question, I'm thinking about carpet bags and how surprising things, things that we need are hiding inside of people. If only we could follow the example of Jesus to look at one another with the eye of compassion. So dear hearts, what treasure of humanity is hidden away in you? Can we really start to see one another with mercy? I hope so, because I think our healing as a world is dependent upon this gift of mercy. The book, The Seven Spiritual Gifts of Waiting, holds up the gift of compassion as a teacher. It reads, Compassion teaches us to receive, allows us to be seen for who we really are, helps us to gather strength from others, offers us hope. It continues. When we enter a critical waiting period, whether it's waiting for life-changing news, such as a word about a new job or a potentially life-threatening report, such as a medical test result, we enter a new territory. While it initially may appear as a dry desert, a season of waiting can be as surprising as a desert coming into spring bloom with subtle gifts and vibrant signs of life. As we walk the path of waiting, compassion sprouts around us, filling us with possibilities of hope. Hope changes the landscape from the barren to the blossoming. Hope gives us something to hold on to. Hope preserves the future. This week's poem comes from Psalm 139. It is a reminder of the unending mercy and compassion of God as experienced by Bartimaeus in that odd oasis of Jericho. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? 
If I climb up to heaven, you are there. If I make my grave my bed, you are there also. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand hold me fast. Thank you for joining us this week for Holy Shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I am your host, Muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Until next time, carry the carpet bag of compassion that is you and see how mercy can draw us together into a beloved community.